welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. We're going to start by reading Luke 10, 38 to 42. It's the story of Mary and Martha. <laughs> Let's go. Luke 10, verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed her into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what He taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So I wanna give you Christy's version of the story. So Jesus was heading home with His disciples after a really busy day and Martha actually invited Him to her home and Martha, Mary and Lazarus were all siblings and Jesus was really quite close to them. And I can imagine that there were maybe quite a few people that were joining them at the home. Like it was so exciting. Jesus was this amazing person that everyone wanted to be around. So there would have been so much to do. Like you think about Middle Eastern hospitality, there would have been the food to sort, the shoes, the chairs, like all the people coming. There would have been so much to do. It would have been a massive thing. And Martha invited him over. So she knew what she was getting into. And um, she was concerned about all these things. And uh, Mary sort of seemed like the opposite of her sister. Like she was just chill, not doing anything. Anyone haven't had any siblings like that or kids that sort of get out of all the chores, just sort of floating around? Yeah, I sort of get the vibe that um, Mary was like that. And, um, but the crazy thing is that, you know, Martha went up to Jesus and she was so upset. She was so upset at Mary. And side note, it's sort of embarrassing that she complained to the guest about her sibling and then tells the guest, like, can you growl her? Like, that's just so weird. But Jesus said the opposite of what I think Martha was hoping to hear. I think she thought he was gonna say, yeah, Mary, you're so lazy. Like, go and help your sister. But instead, he just, he told Martha, right, like, uh, told her off, like you are concerned about so many things, but Mary has actually chosen the better portion. And um, you know what, I've, I've always not liked this passage. <laughs> I've had a major personal issue with this story. Has anyone else? I hate it, like, I don't know. I, I don't like, I have a problem with lazy people. I think that's what it comes down to. And like, I just, if I was at a function, the people I would want to celebrate is those people out in the kitchen. Like they're doing all the work. Like I have a problem with the lazy people that just get away with stuff. And so I've always had trouble with this passage. And I'm the sort of person, if you're like, hey, let's do this big thing. I straight away think, okay, this is going to need to be done, all this work. Like I think of all the background stuff. Like it's going to take a lot of organising. You have to do this, this. That's how I think. And so I've always had a problem with the scripture. And I feel like it's sort of, I feel like it's always hassled the servant hearted. 
and it's extolled the virtue of the lazy person. This is just my personal take. I'm being totally vulnerable with you all, but that's how I've always felt. And um, I don't know, I felt like Mary was one of those kids that disappears when it's dishes time. Like, that's what I've always thought with the Scripture. And I've always thought, man, Martha's so amazing. She like, she invited Jesus to her home, fully knowing what sort of effort that would take. So yeah, it's really frustrated me. And you know, the interesting and important thing is when Scripture frustrates you or offends you, often we just skip over it or we think, oh, that's not important, or we tuck it to the side. These days, people just cut it out of their Bible altogether. But you know, Jesus actually offends sometimes, and God sometimes is offensive. And if you actually take the time to think, why does this offend me? Maybe ask yourself or ask God, sometimes you can have a major breakthrough in an area, or you can find an amazing um, truth or something massive can happen in your life, a revelation when you stop and say, God, what are you trying to tell me through this passage? So here I am. I've always been offended by this passage. And this morning we're going to speak about it. And if you haven't guessed by now, I totally identify with Martha. And I think the fact is that whenever I've read that passage, when I read it, I think, man, I totally would have been Martha. I totally would have probably gone up to Jesus. And I know he probably would have told me off. And that's why I've struggled with this passage. But um, we're going to look closer at this passage. And, you know, many people cheer for Mary, like, man, she was so spiritual. And the thing with Mary is that really hit me while I was looking at this, is that Mary actually broke the traditional role of a woman. It was a big no-no for a woman to sit like a servant at the feet of a rabbi, because that was the place for the men to be taught by their rabbi and be trained by him. So she was actually quite a crazy woman. We're not going to go right into that this morning, but it's pretty amazing what she did rather than being in the kitchen. Anyway, this morning we're going to look at this passage. We're not going to skip over it. We're not going to be offended by it. So let's pray and let's, let's get into it. Father, I thank You so much that You are such an awesome God and nothing is in the Word of God by accident. And Lord, we want to value Your Word. We want to learn from it. We want to treasure it. So speak to us this morning as we read your word and we give you permission to challenge us, ouch, and change us. It's a daring prayer, but Lord, we give you permission because we wanna be more like you. We wanna hear your heart in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So you guys ready? I'm gonna read it again. Let's read it again. Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So when I was reading the scripture, the phrase that kept jumping out to me was that phrase, one thing. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And different translations of the Bible put it like this. One says, Mary has discovered the one thing most important. Another one says, you are worried and upset by many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Another one says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. 
And another one says, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So I started asking myself, I was like, what is this one thing? Like, what is this one thing that Martha is missing? What is this one thing maybe I'm missing when I read this passage? What is this one thing that many of us could maybe be missing? Like, could this one thing be the key to getting us out of chores and dinner prep forever? Like, maybe. This could be it, guys. (laughs) So I want to ask a few questions first this morning. The first question is, is Jesus anti-work? It's a good question. Maybe he's anti us doing stuff. So should we just sit around, not prep food? Maybe that's what Jesus is getting at. But when you look at the Bible, Jesus actually did a lot of work. He actually did labour throughout the Bible. He worked, he served, he cooked. Guys, Jesus cooked, he cooked fish. He washed people's feet. Jesus actually was hardworking. And there's so many passages, but I'll just pull out Colossians 3. He talks about working hard, especially when no one is looking. That's a good one for us in our jobs. Work hard even when no one is looking. Um, The Great Commission, Matthew 28, we are called by Jesus to carry on His work and there is so much work to do. So Jesus is not anti-work. That's not what it's about. So maybe Jesus is anti-hospitality and serving. Do you think that's what it might be? No. Oh, you guys, you're so good. When you look at the Bible, hospitality and serving is actually an amazing spiritual gift that God gives people. And uh, you can see it in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 1. He gives us the gift of serving and of hospitality. And I want to tell you, if you've got that gift, that is a beautiful gift. Treasure it. You're going to be encouraged today as I read on. But it's such a cool gift. And Jesus isn't anti-hospitality. He is so for it. And in the Middle Eastern culture of the day, hospitality was so much bigger than it is now to us. If someone comes to your house, if you're real generous, you might offer them a hot drink. Kiwi culture, maybe a bicky, not a home-baked one. <laughs> or, you know, you might offer them for dinner if you're feeling extra generous. And man, when you're going over the top, if you say, do you want to stay the night if they need a bed for the night? But over there, like, it, they pull out all the stops. Like, you can come and stay for ages. They'll kill the fatted calf. They will go hardcore, all out for their um, guests. So Jesus is so not anti-hospitality. He's so not anti-work. So why did he say this to Martha? That's the thing I've always been challenged with. And this is what I believe Jesus meant. And listen, he told Martha that listening to him is better than leading for him. Sitting at his feet is better than serving him. Spending time with him is better than doing for him. He said, being is better than doing. Being with Jesus is better than doing things for Jesus. It's challenging, eh? Listening to Him is better than leading for Him. Sitting at His feet is better than serving Him. Spending time with Him is better than doing for Him. Being is better than doing. Being with Jesus is better than doing things for Him. And I love this quote by Ian MacDonald. Listen to this. Maybe we wish he'd said that Mary had the first part right, sitting before Jesus. Then after that, she graduates to the doing part. Maybe we think he means that you can't lead until you listen or you can't serve until you sit. But that wasn't what he was saying. 
It's so much easier to preach if you said that. Listen to Jesus, then lead, like it's a hierarchy thing. The problem is he didn't say that. He didn't say first listen, then lead, first sit, then serve. He actually says that being with him is better than doing for him. Listening to Jesus, being with Jesus, being close and intimate with Jesus is better than doing things for him. And it's such a powerful idea. No matter what you do for Jesus, the best thing that you can do in regards to Jesus is what you do with Him mostly passively, mostly sitting and listening. Yeah, that's challenging. The one thing that is most important, the one thing over everything is sitting with Jesus, being with Jesus and listening to Jesus. That's the one most important thing. And I want to ask you a question that I asked myself and challenged myself with. I want to ask you this morning, when you church and people watching online, do you like doing things for Jesus more than you like being with Him? Because I'll tell you what, that's totally me sometimes. Do you like doing things for Jesus more than you like being with Him? You know, it's actually so much easier to do stuff for God than to come vulnerably to Him, especially if you are hurt, especially if you've been hurt by another Christian or church, or you know what, especially if you are upset at God. The last thing you wanna do when things in your life don't make sense and you're a little bit hacked off at God or angry at Him is come and sit close and be with Him at His feet. It's so true, isn't it? It's so much easier just to do stuff for Him. But this is what Jesus is challenging us about. And Jesus said to Martha, you were worried and anxious about a great many things. And you know, I've always wondered, maybe that's where some of our anxiety comes from, just doing too much stuff and not just spending that time with Him. So yeah, I'm challenged just hearing myself. Are you challenged? This passage is totally not about not serving. This passage is not about not doing stuff for God, not working hard. It's telling us what is the one thing that is best, being with Him. Everything else comes second best. Because we all know that serving is essential to Christian living. Like, it's so important, but that comes second to sitting at His feet. That's the one most important thing. And Nothing trumps our relationship with Jesus. And I think sometimes we just need a reminder about the one thing that is most important because we forget. And um, those things you need to do in your life, the chores, the things that are urgent, they always seem to take precedent because they're calling so loudly. And yet Jesus is often whispering so quietly and we just ignore Him. So I was really challenged thinking about this. I was thinking about the whole aspect of Jesus was the guest at Martha's house. He was the main person there and she invited him in her home. And it's interesting when you do a bit of a word study, that word distracted in verse 40 is called perispato. And it says, it has the connotation of being pulled or dragged in different directions. And when you're distracted, you're pulled and dragged in different directions. But it's actually interesting when you dig deeper with that word, it comes from the root word that's to do with breathing, like in and out. And when you're pulled and distracted in different directions, you just can't quite breathe. You start to choke. You start to not be functioning as you should. And um, I was thinking about 
um, the example of being a parent. Like, I love my kids, obviously. I love you kids. And um, as a parent, your main goal is to provide shelter, food, clothing, love. Like, that's, that's your heart as a parent. You want them to grow into healthy, lovely kids. And that's what you try and do as a parent. Like, kids, thank your parents. They're trying hard to give you shelter, food, clothing, love. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be a good parent if I didn't care for those needs of my kids. But just imagine, just imagine for a minute, as a parent, if I never talked to them, but I made sure they had clean clothing, lovely food and a home to live in, but I never really interacted with them. Would that be being a good parent? I'd be doing good stuff I should be doing, right? But I'm missing the main thing, which is my relationship with my kids. And I think sometimes in our relationship with God, we do all the good stuff that we're meant to be doing, all the things for Him, but we miss the one thing that is so important, and it's that relationship through Him. Like, we show our love to Him through service, and that's how we should, but that's not the one important thing. It's who we do it for. The one most important thing is sitting at the feet of Jesus, knowing Him, and that's just the one most important thing. And um, I think many of us, including me, at the top of the list need a gentle reminder of this, that if it isn't a priority, it just won't happen, because who knows, life is busy, <laughs> fully. Um, and when we get this right, like when we come at His feet first, out of that flows a beautiful relationship with others, we get such a love for people that we maybe didn't have before because we've got it from God. We get a heart for the lost. We remember why we're here. We have spirit-led direction. We have strength to do all He's called us to do. We have faith and we just start to flourish in our giftings when we do the one thing first, which is just passively sitting, listening and being. So, yeah. We often hear that phrase like that we are human beings, not doings. Who's heard that before? A lot of people love to throw that around. We're human beings, not doings. And so we take that phrase and we're like, yeah, I'm just going to be. But often we just be by ourselves. <laughs> we run a bath, we have time out, we just de-stress. But let's be where we should be at his feet first. Like that's the one thing that's so important. So I want to think about a few things just to add to this this morning, some things to contemplate. Elizabeth Johnson, I like this quote, said, in a culture of hectic schedules and the relentless pursuit of productivity, we are tempted to measure our worth by how busy we are, by how much we accomplish, or by how well we meet the expectations of others. Man, I get that, totally. We are tempted to measure our worth by how busy we are, how much we accomplish, or by how we meet the expectations of others. So I want to throw out a few thoughts to you this morning. Sometimes our busyness can be an artificial significance. Ouch. Is God calling you back to Him for your significance first? It's a really good challenge. Another one is the world seems to applaud people who are responsible for many things. But just remember, the cares of the world are what can also choke out the Word of God in our lives. Are we living for the applause of the world or the approval of God? It's a good challenge. Another thought. Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. When we come to him and take on his yoke, we can walk with peace even when things are difficult. 
And lastly, sometimes it's good to ask ourselves where our priorities in life are right now in relation to the one thing that is most important. Maybe our priorities need to shift. So, yeah, if you're feeling worried lately and anxious and burdened, um, maybe frustrated, you know there's actually only one thing that will bring wholeness and peace to your life and it's not doing more stuff. It's not getting all those jobs finally complete because then I'll be able to rest. That's so not the answer. It's not more positions, more popularity, more power. It's more sitting at the feet of Jesus. Should I say that again? It's not more doing, more tasks, more roles, more positions, more popularity, more power. It's more sitting at the feet of Jesus, the one thing that is most important in our lives, yet we most often neglect. And I am standing up here as a person walking along right with you. I'm not saying that I've got it all together because I constantly need to be reminded of this because I am a self-confessed Martha, everyone. I feel like I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. But I'm sure I'm not the only one. You know, if Jesus thinks this is the one thing that is most important, shouldn't we take notice of it? And shouldn't we just fight for it in our own lives? Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.